from Vanderbilt Sports and Spirits inside the Wyndham Hamilton Park Hotel. It's Inside the Jets, brought to you by EY, building a better working world. And by M&T Bank, the official community bank of your New York Jets. Now, here's Eric Allen and Eric Coleman. Welcome to Inside the Jets. We're broadcasting live from Vanderbilt Sports and Spirits inside the Wyndham Hamilton Park Hotel. Eric Allen alongside Eric Coleman. Later in the show, we'll be joined by Jets cornerback Arthur Millette. Hey, listen, the Jets left for dead a couple weeks ago at 1-7-E, have now suddenly won three games in a row, and perhaps the most impressive effort of this season came Sunday at MetLife Stadium. People were wondering how they were going to respond to his step-up in class against the Oakland Raiders, who came to MetLife with a 6-4 and four record. Well, they probably started the buses early, the visitors, <laughs> because at 34 to 3 trouncing in front of the home faithful. I mean, it was a great performance all around by the Jets, and it was so awesome to see. Not only did they have their first drive as a touchdown for the fifth straight game, but they kept the pressure on. Well, the they actually game. got the field goal. They, it, oh, yeah. they, they got it taken off the they board. Did. They did. But, I, I, but points. They got points. On their opening possession for a fifth consecutive game. Yeah, I mean, and it's been very to see. Uh, the game plan and to see all the, what the coaches put in play, you see the, the players go out there and execute it, and they're doing a great job of playing disciplined football. Uh, you look at offense, they're starting to open up the playbook because the offensive line is protecting better, and it's, uh, it's been beautiful to see uh, the creativity of Adam Gase. Was this easily the most complete effort of the 2019 season? You mentioned the offense before. The touchdown streak did come to an end. Uh, Demarius Thomas touchdown taken off the board yes. due to a pass interference penalty. But in all, the offense scored on five of their first six possessions. And even though Jamal Adams said the defense wanted a shutout, they came just a little bit short of that, giving up a field goal on the Raiders' opening possession. They shut the door after that, and Derek Carr, who came into this game completing 72% of his passes with 15 touchdown passes and five interceptions, he was held to 127 yards passing. And John Gruden said late in that ball game, white flag, Derek Carr come to the bench. Yeah, he pulled out the starters pretty quick you know, and gave it up. The Jets were applying pressure. They did a great job in the back end of coverage and not giving up big plays and you know offensively it was it was great to see as well so it was a well-rounded game special teams uh, had great contributions so it was uh it's definitely their most complete game and it was their most impressive victory by far speaking of impressive how about the coaching staff the job that adam gase has done he caught a lot of flack early this season and this team did not play well Mm -hmm. in spurts and a lot of that had to do with the movement in and out of the lineup dealing with injuries, losing your starting quarterback for three games. And then Greg Williams, we've been talking for weeks. The Jets' rush defense, one of the best in football. I think we just got to throw that away now and say the Jets' defense is one of the best in football. Yeah, I mean, I can't say enough about Greg Williams and the job that he's done as the coordinator. I mean, you talk about all the players that he's been missing. You know, C.J. Mosley, Avery Williamson, on the back end, Tremaine Johnson, uh, Daryl Roberts. Daryl Roberts. I mean, they, and they're play, still continuing to play great football. They trade away Leonard Williams. You know, they're one of their star players. And it seems like the defensive line has started playing better. Yeah. You know, they're playing more inspired football up front and just playing complete games. And it's great to see. And Greg Williams is doing one heck of a job. Where have you seen the most significant growth from Sam Darnold? Let's go back to the offense. We talked about it last week on Inside the Jets. 
following that game in Jacksonville, Sam Darnold walked into Adam Gase's offense and said, this is what I like about the offense. Maybe this is what I don't like. Mm -hmm. Little back and forth, a heart-to-heart per se. And then after that, over the course of the last four games, specifically during this three-game win streak, his play has been off the chart. It really has. And I think the biggest improvement is on his confidence. I mean, you can see the, his, his body presence. Uh, you can see the, the confidence he's making those throws. He's made some tough throws yesterday. And, you know, he's getting out of the pocket. He's scanning the field. Uh, he's taking his time because the offensive line is doing a great job of protecting him. But, you know, he's taking some shots down the field as well. But I think his confidence is at an all-time high. And it's great to see him playing at a level like the way he's playing right now. You played safety in the National Football League. Let's talk about Gase for a second and the way he's attacking defenses right now because I think he's doing a great job of breaking tendencies because teams on film watch the Jets and say, okay, maybe this is a screen here at the beginning of the second half. Oh, no, it's Braxton Berrios for 69 yards. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was a great tendency breaker. And then the other one in the red zone, when you when, when Crowder motions across yep. and runs that out like he ran last week and scored a touchdown on, and then they throw the, the screen on the backside to, to Ryan Griffin. Griffin. I mean, that was amazing. That was, They literally watched that on film. I'm sure they were preparing for it all week. And then Adam Gase did a great job of having something to cater off that. You know, that, that was, that's something that you have to do as an offensive coordinator. You have to break your tendencies. You have to mix things up because teams will get lazy. They start to, re- look, they start to look at your plays. Okay, this is what they're going to do, and they stop their own business. As you saw on that play, one of the safeties who was guarding Griffin, his eyes, his eyes were bad. Yep. He started to go in the backfield. I'm going to go get a sack. And then Ryan Griffin catches the ball and walks into the end zone. You know what I loved about the Jets against the Raiders was they had a 13-3 lead at halftime, 10-point lead. But they came out in the second half and did what good football teams do. They put the foot on the gas, and they took care of business. A 21-point flurry in the third quarter where you were – Having, you were watching complimentary football at its best. Absolutely, and, and that, you know, that, that attributes a lot to the leadership and the maturity of this team. Uh, they're taking those next steps and becoming a better team uh, because, listen, a, a young football team, when they're having success, they get comfortable. This team didn't get comfortable. They said, listen, we've got to keep our foot on the gas, you know, and, and the leaders stepped up and, and continued to make big plays. Adam Gase didn't, didn't pull any punches. Even at the end of the game, he was taking shots down the field because this team has to get better. There's some things that they have to work on. Uh, just because they had a lead in the game doesn't mean you can't still get better as a team. Inside the Jets is supported by Selective Insurance, Eric Allen and Eric Coleman here. And Selective Insurance is about being uh, uniquely insured. What can you say about the Jets' offensive line, how they've responded of late. We talk about the injuries. Chuma Adoga, the latest, he's got an MCL, could be out. He's week to week right now, could be out on Sunday when the Jets face the Cincinnati Bengals. But Kelvin Beecham has returned to that left tackle spot. You're getting good play up front at the center position from Jonathan Harrison. How about the guards? Tom Compton at right guard, Alex Lewis at left guard, and then Brandon Shell had to come in yesterday when Adoga went down, and he fills in at right tackle. I thought overall the last two weeks has been the best football from the Jets' offensive line. I agree with you. And it seems like having Calvin Beecham at that left tackle position puts everyone at ease. Yeah. Understanding that Sam Darnold's back is protected. Uh, he's the anchor back there. He does his job. He shuts down that defensive end. And it makes everyone else relax and just play ball. 
and you're seeing Compton, you're seeing uh, you're seeing the rest of the players starting to double team down on the nose or double team down on players, get to that second level and create running lanes. And uh, you know the, the communication has been great. I think Johnson Harrison has done a great job of communicating at that center position. You're not seeing the free runners anymore. You know, so everyone's on the same page, and, and it's great to see. What does it do for Darnold's confidence that he's back there? He has time to, time to throw now. One sack against the Raiders, and I think you could look at the film and say, hey, maybe that was a coverage sack. With that being said, you think about some of those games in the past. He took a beating in Jacksonville. He was sacked eight times. These guys are not supermen. We think they are. We think you as a former National Football League player is a robot, but that impacts you if you're going back there and you don't have time to throw and you're getting thrown down to the ground and you repeatedly have to get yourself up. Now he's getting clean pockets and he's showing that athletic ability, maneuvering a little bit to his left, maneuvering a little bit to his right, keeping his eyes down the field and the Jets are making explosive plays. And they really are. And I mean, I challenge anyone to, to step back there and get drilled about 10 times by a 300 pounder coming full speed. It's not fun and it's going to make you uncomfortable in the pocket. But having that, having that comfort, having that security of, of being protected, it opens up a whole different thing for the quarterback. He can keep his eyes down the field. He can worry about what's going on with the coverages as opposed to who's pressuring, who's getting beat, where do I have to run to? And you're starting to see it because Sam isn't worried about the rush. You know, and when, when the rush does come, yeah. he's able to get out of the pocket, make a great decision to throw a ball away. He'll make a great throw to Robbie Anderson. Uh, you know, he, he's really in his, in his zone right now. Uh, underrated move by Joe Douglas trading for Demarius Thomas, acquiring him from the New England Patriots because here's a guy who's been so productive throughout his NFL career, also very successful in Adam Gase's system. And I think the guys have really fed off of him on the field, inside the locker room, and it's no surprise when Rontas Miles went on injury reserve, the Jets gave him one of the C's. He is a captain. Absolutely. I mean, and it's great having a guy like Demarius Thomas in your room. You know, I, I remember uh, playing for the Jets and they brought Ty Law into the room. And it's a different feel when you have a champion, a guy who's won Super Bowls, a guy who's, you know, been at the peak uh, of his career. Uh, to have him in the room and to see how he prepares, to see how serious he takes practice, how serious he takes, he takes notes. All the other players are going to follow suit. And when you have a guy like Robbie Anderson in the room, when you have young players in the room, they see that, and it makes them step up their production. And, and you're seeing it as a result. They're playing great football at the wide receiver position. I mean, they already have a great coach in Sean Jefferson, but they're playing inspired ball. And we're going to get to a defense here with Arthur Millette in our next segment after the break. But I just wanted to ask you real quick about what do you think about Gase, the flea flicker, so reverse flea flip. I mean, he uh, handoff to Bilal Powell, who pitches to Jameson Crowder, who pitches it back to Sam Darnold, who throws the <laughs> aforementioned Robbie Anderson. Talk about how this guy is getting creative in his comfort zone now as this offense continues to progress. You know, it's funny. Ever since uh, Chris Johnson gave him that, that confirmation that he was going to be here, it was almost like everyone stopped playing to lose, playing not to lose, and they started playing to win. And they started taking chances down the field. And it's great to see those things because that's what everyone expects from Adam Gase. You know, in training camp, you see all the great, the great packages and everything, and you're starting to see it right now. All right, we'll come right back with Jets cornerback Arthur Merlette. You are listening to Inside the Jets on ESPN New York.
like lightning. He shot up the right seam. And Sam Darnold found him with a side-on throw. Welcome back to Inside the Jets. We're presented by EY, building a better working world. Eric Allen alongside Eric Coleman. Our player guest segment is presented by MNT Bank, the official community bank of your New York Jets. Without further ado, let's welcome in Jets cornerback Arthur Millette. Arthur. What's up, man? Thanks for coming by. No Seven problem. tackles against the Oakland Raiders in a 34-3 yeah. trouncing. What does Greg Williams expect from his cornerbacks, his defensive backs in terms of physicality? Force cap, run, and hit. <laughs> that's his motto, man. Force cap, run, and hit. Uh, don't let anything get outside of you, and uh, that's our job. We play a lot of cover, too, so the corner's got to be able to tackle. Yeah, and you've been doing a great job of it. Three tackles for loss yesterday, you know, flying around, hitting running backs. You yeah, know, man. It's rare that you see corners that are willing <laughs> to throw it in there against a running back, but, you know, you've been doing a heck of a job. What has it been like, you know, once you've been thrown into that starting role? I mean, is the pressure different? Or how do you feel? I mean, I wouldn't say the pressure is different because Greg does a good job at practice of putting pressure on us to be great. So when I get in the game, I feel like it's easy. You know what I'm saying? I already know my job, and I know what I need to do, so all I have to do is execute. So, I mean, it's no pressure. I mean, I just do my job and have fun with the guys on the field, man. What did you guys do in the back end to contain Derek Carr? There's not many games throughout his career where you're going to see a stat line where he has 127 yards passing. And the other thing that you guys keyed upon all week, I know, was getting off the field on third, third down. down. That yes, was one sir. of the best teams in the National Football League, converting more than 47% of the time. You look at those numbers, 5 of 15, mm -hmm. 33%. So what were you guys doing in the back end? Oh, uh, man, we just tried to hold our disguise. You know, we looked at that shot clock. Once it hits two, then we can get to our coverage and wherever we're in. And uh, Marcus May did a good job, a well, great job of quarterbacking us to tell us where to move and when to get down to our coverage and when to disguise and what to show. So we're going to continue doing that, and I think it's going to help us very well. Did you guys play more zone than maybe in the past? Um, you don't want you, you, you to you, you, you get – Arthur doesn't want to give away yeah, too, too many secrets. Man. But it seemed like you had – Derek off his game where he was going back and he didn't know what he was looking at. Yeah, for sure. That's 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 what we're supposed to do. Um, we as a secondary, you got to work on the strength, man. All four of us have to be on the strength, and even five when it's the nickel package, and we have to be on the strength. We can't show one thing and a guy showing something else. Now they know where we're in, so. We try to work together and be a, be as a team and then rally to the ball and make plays. I, I love that, how you talked about holding your disguise until the shot clock gets down. Because yeah. <laughs> I remember playing against Peyton Manning, and he'll audible, and he'll sit there and call call checks, and he needs Just one guy call. to move. Yep. He needs one guy to move. The, <laughs> yeah. They call it the snitch, uh -huh. and then he knows that's the coverage. The but if you can call. hold it and make the quarterback make his decision while he's dropping back, it's it makes it much more difficult. But how but, much do you guys know that? How much do you guys enjoy that as defensive backs, that cat-and-mouse game where – you're, you you might know you're probably thinking yesterday Arthur a couple times that Please we got him right one. yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, we we got him right now right yeah um that it's great feeling man because you might just fall into one you never know <laughs> so I mean it's a wonderful feeling like I said we just got to continue doing that so how much communication goes on back there I don't think fans know say it's third down and five and you know you and Marcus May and everyone's talking how much communication is there when you see a look like mm. oh this is it this is it oh, right man, here it, we might be like, this is it. Like, you might give them a tap or we might just look at each other. But we know, like, when when we get that stare, like, 
you got my back. You know what I'm saying? So it's just one of those things where communication is key, especially on third down or a certain formation where we studied all week. What does you just mentioned Marcus and he's kind of the guy flies under the radar. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he's the quarterback of the secondary. Yeah, it, it, and Jamal is a splash player and he's making a lot he's of plays. Yeah, he's the goat right there. <laughs> the goat. He, he, you can make the argument right now. He's the Baby best safety goat, in the man. National Football best League. Safety in the best safety in the National Football League. But. <laughs> Best Mar- the I got you. <laughs> Period. Yeah. Mar- but Marcus, what you said, he is he's the, he's the command center. Yeah. So what does that mean? What, what is he doing for you guys in terms of getting you all Just ready? great communication. Yeah. You know, being being precise with it, though. Not being not second-guessing himself. Not saying if I want to do this. I, you do what I say. Period. And then we fall into the plays and like we're supposed to. And I love it. Has thing, I mean, when you joined the Jets, were things kind of turned up a notch from other secondaries you may have played in because of Greg Williams, because of Jamal Adams and the demand for greatness that they, they you know, listen, Jamal Adams is the best player in the league at his position. When he goes out there and he works hard, I'm sure it makes it to where everyone else works hard. Was there a different level of intensity when you got here to the Jets? It's crazy. Um, uh, Greg knows me from New Orleans. Mm -hmm. So uh, Dennis Allen learned under Greg Williams. So it's kind of the same intensity. I felt like I was at home. And and I had Aaron Glenn as a coach. He's actually a former Jet. Yeah, yeah. Um, So everybody know about him. So uh, the intensity didn't change much. Uh, I just felt like I was at home, like I said, man, and I loved it. What's been the mentality for you throughout your career? You mentioned New Orleans. Mm-hmm. You went to Memphis, mm-hmm. signed there as an undrafted free agent in 2017. Mm-hmm. You were on the practice squad and on the roster. Last season, you were with the Colts, went back to the Saints practice squad. Mm-hmm. This year, active roster, practice squad. Now you're starting. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a roller coaster, man, but you got to, you know, you got to keep your mind on one thing or one thing only, and that's getting on the field and making plays and winning. And uh, I'm going to keep continuing doing that my whole career. And, um, you know, adversity doesn't set me back. It just makes me stronger, and I love it. Yeah, I mean, and that's uh, – it's really showing, you know, the, the, the way that you approach the game. Mm-hmm. All the things that you've been through, and it's like you're one of those players that you can see in the way you play that you're enjoying the moment. Oh, yeah. I love and, and that it. is not going to get too big for you. Yeah. Uh, so coming up, listen, you got five games left. Oh, yeah. It's a big stretch. Uh, what's the mentality coming in there? Is it like a must win? I mean, obviously, do every game job. you want to win, just do your job. Do okay. your job. You already know how it is. You play the ball, man. Do your job. Stay focused on what we can. Be where your feet are. That's what uh, Gay says a lot. Be where your feet are. You know what I'm saying? Give it 100%. I think we'll do well. What do you like most about rookie Bless Austin? He's a fun guy to be around, and he can tackle, and he's aggressive, and he plays with swag. And that's, that's one thing we're trying to, you know, that's one thing that I think we found out that we found with our secondary that we, we can play with swag and we can play with confidence and we're going to all pump each other up and, you know, do what we have to do to win. Did you have high expectations for him as soon as he got in the lineup? Because here's a guy who the last time he had played. It was two well, years ago. Yeah, yeah. At, at Rutgers. But we had, who, who did we have on last week talking about how he was mixing it up on scout team was even Brian Winters. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what was your memory of that practice? In the, and you, you said he, he just he, he has that. He has that it, man. Yeah. He has that ump to him. He has, you know what I'm saying? He's not scared to compete. And that's what I love about him. And uh, he's, gonna, he's learning on the fly. And he, he's, been, he's getting better every day. He's, he's, you know, and he's doing what he has to do to be successful. Was that Marcus May's best game in 2019? I know you have a lot of appreciation and a lot of respect for him, but he, but he seemed to be all over the place. Including he's getting that. comfortable. Yeah. 
He's getting comfortable, and I can see it in him. I can see the confidence, the way he walks on and off the field. So I'm excited to see what he can do from here. You, l listen, Cincinnati Bengals, Sunday, the fellas were asked about them saying, hey, it's an 0-11 team. They're a good team, though. Yeah. And is that how you guys have to approach it? Do you team. even look at the record when you're watching the film? No. Yeah. I look at what they do. I look at their scheme. I mean, I play every team the same. I give every team the same respect. Um, they're a good team, and we have to go in there and handle business. So has this team done a very good job this season, no matter what the circumstances, yeah. of coming in on Wednesday, resetting, mm -hmm. refocusing, and treating it as a one-game season? Yes, sir. Have you have you played against A.J. Green before? Not yet. So do you go back and watch film with the chance that he could play? Do you go back and watch no, him I'm and see what he did? Already. Oh, yeah. I'm looking at him already, seeing his press releases, do, see what he does in his own high sits his routes down. So, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm studying him like he's going to play. So you're looking at him already. So yeah, then, I'm studying him like he's going to play. So you, I don't want no surprises. Uh, okay. <laughs> when you heard that – I know you study system, yeah. and you have to study the receivers. Mm -hmm. But today's news – you're probably thinking when you woke up this morning, we're facing another rookie quarterback, Ryan Finley. But Cincinnati announced this afternoon that, indeed, they will go back to, to Andy, Dalton. Andy Dalton, the red-headed rifleman. So uh, what, what did you think about that when you heard the news? Study on. Yeah? Study him. Does he, does he change the look of their offense? Of course. I mean, he's a great quarterback. He can make all the throws. You know what I'm saying? He has he has something to him that's special. So he wasn't there a franchise quarterback for a long time for no reason. So we gotta we gotta we gotta bottle him up. Well, can you tell me about you talked about AJ Green a little bit? Well, how about Tyler Boyd? He can stretch the field a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> stretch the field a little bit. I feel like we'll do a good job against him. Though. Okay, okay, and and then I, I, it all starts for them, I think, with the run game. Joe Mixon. We gotta stop the run. Okay, and, and you guys have been doing a good job. What's uh, Everybody talks about it this year, the run defense. And the thing that I think that makes you guys special is what you guys do in the back end because they are dominating the trenches. Mm -hmm. But when you guys have like somebody like a B-pool, when you have somebody like a Jamal Adams, mm -hmm. when you guys even pop in there, Arthur Millette's playing on the outside, bless Austin, you guys all get your nose dirty. Oh, yeah. We, you can't be as scared to put your face in it, man. Yeah. You got, you got to be able to face scan somebody. You got to be able to look a man in his eye and, and be able to tackle him. You know what I'm saying? You can't shy away from contact, and that's one thing we pride ourselves on. We don't shy away from contact. What's the confidence as a group overall as a team? I know you guys carry yourselves with swag on the defensive side of the ball, but it seems like the team is really coming into its own we, right now. You know, we're meshing together, man, and we plan, we're finally playing complementary football in all three phases on special teams, offense, and defense. And I think if we continue to do that, we'll be successful. And that's our main focus, man, coming in on Wednesday and getting better. One day at a time, be where your feet are. How, is, how exciting is it as a player when you're on defense, knowing that you guys have had, had success three games in a row and your running back still hasn't had a 100-yard game? <laughs> it's fun, man. It's fun. But we got to keep that streak going. We can't get complacent or get comfortable, you know, because as soon as you get comfortable, that's when it happens, a 100-yard game right there. So, you know what I'm saying? We got to put our hard hat on and keep working. Well, I mean, are you still waiting for Le'Veon to get busy? Oh, yeah. 
Oh, yeah. Because he's bound. I mean, listen. He, it's going to happen. Hard. Yeah, I know. It's going to happen. He stiffed on me a couple of times in practice. I was like, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I see why they call you Le'Veon Bell. Uh, well, Arthur, uh, you guys have not been letting opposing offenses get comfortable. You got a chance to complete a perfect third quarter of the season Sunday in Cincinnati. Keep on doing good things out there, and thank you so much for stopping by. Thank you all for having me, man. Appreciate, Appreciate you. Appreciate you, man. We will be right back. You are listening to Inside the Jets on ESPN New York. Darnold in the shotgun takes the snap, and Darnold on a keeper. Up the middle, he's at the goal line, and he's in for a Jet touchdown. Sam Darnold, a little zone read quarterback keeper, and he runs it in for his second rushing touchdown this season. Welcome back to Inside the Jets. We're at Vanderbilt Sports and Spirits inside the Wyndham Hamilton Park Hotel. Jets Reward members, don't forget to enter the code FOOTBALL in your Jets Rewards portal during the show to earn 100 points. Again, the code is FOOTBALL. Eric Coleman, 34 is the magic number for the Jets. The last three games, 34, even number. That's a beautiful number. Yeah. You know, it's funny because... Uh, you know, when I got into the NFL, I'm, Herm Edwards used to preach, all we need to do is score 24 points because the average, I think, is like 21. And if we score 24 points a game, then we'll win a bunch of games. And, and 34, you're bound to win. If you're putting up that many points, you have a defense as solid as the Jets have right now, and, and it's great to see them putting up those numbers. I believe this is the first time in franchise history where the Jets had a 30-point lead in consecutive games. How about that? That's impressive. I mean, that doesn't I, I happen often in the national football Yeah, game. and I don't care who you're going against. That's a, that's a tough task. You know, to go out there and win, I don't care what the records say. These are all NFL players. They're all the, the best players in the world. And the, the, the line between a great team and a, and a bad team is, is very thin. So on the injury front, Daryl Roberts might return to practice this week. He could be available, possibly, for the Jets against the Cincinnati Bengals. But this is a good problem to have. You always want to have depth. But... If you've watched Arthur Millette and rookie Bless Austin the last couple weeks, you might want to be in that defensive room saying, hey, we're going to stand tight right now. Yeah, I mean, it is a good, good problem to have because now Daryl Roberts doesn't have to rush back. You know, you're getting good play out of your corners, out of your young guys. Uh, and, and really what it does is, as you mentioned, it adds depth. It adds versatility to what you can do on defense. You can add a, a package with some extra corners. And, and everyone's getting this playing experience. It just makes your team better. What do you think about the news when you heard the Bengals were indeed starting Andy Dalton on Sunday? Because I was thinking for a second, wow, Greg Williams is getting his hands on a rookie quarterback for the third time in four weeks. Yeah, that, that would have been nice to have a rookie quarterback because there's so many different things you can do with the rookie because they haven't seen it all. But Andy Dalton is a guy who, although he's not having a great year, they don't have a, a good team around him. He still has the tools. He's still been an elite quarterback in this league. He understands defenses. And it's going to be a little more difficult on the defensive side of things as far as confusing him with disguises, mixing up coverages, because he's really seen it all. Yeah, we're going to get into that matchup in a little bit. But I talked to you about it last week. Is If you looked at the schedule, you had to say if you're a Jets fan, we got a chance these next three. We can get to six and seven. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you right now, Eric. This team should be 6-7 and seven before they go to Baltimore on Thursday night. And, and that would be beautiful. And they can't do that. No, but that, I know. I but yes, we can sit here and do that on <laughs> yeah. the radio. I mean, looking at the schedule on who's coming up, 
listen, this is a great opportunity for the Jets to make a nice run. And, you know, I don't know if that ends up with them being, you know, in the playoffs or anything like that. But all I know is they're progressing. They're getting better every week. And that's all that counts right now. You're just trying to get better, improve your program. This is a new, you know, general manager, new head coach. You know, so many new, new uh, pieces to this puzzle that you take that uh, momentum into the offseason, the sky's the limit. I love the attitude of the guys because Henry Anderson was asked about it. Hey, you got the winless Bengals. They're all in 11. He said, it's not like we're anything special. We are four and seven. Yeah. You start one and seven, you dig yourself quite a hole, and the Jets did that. But with that being said, it's been very impressive that the way this entire group has responded. And – Listen, they could make it interesting down the stretch. I know Adam Gay said back in the spring they would be playing meaningful football in November and December. Well, if they get to six and seven, that's a meaningful football game against the Baltimore Ravens. Absolutely. I mean, and they can uh, do, a lot of, do a lot of damage going out there playing the way they're playing, and it makes for a dangerous team. You know, you give someone confidence, you give them some, uh, some, some success, and you, they can beat anyone. You know, th this league is not, uh, is not one where, you know, you, you match up. It's not played on paper. You go out there and play it on the field. And when you got Jamal Adams flying around, when you got Sam Darnold throwing the ball with confidence, Robbie Anderson making great plays, it doesn't matter who's covering them. You know, they can score points. They can put up 34 points. They can stop teams and hold them to 127 yards passing. Who's to say they can't win them all? So there's a couple things that you'd love to see areas of improvement here down the stretch. The run game, you're getting the volume. I know Adam Gase wants to see some more chunk plays there, some more seven, eight, nine-yard gains. But I thought Le'Veon Bell looked awfully fresh against the Raiders, and he started the game off making a statement, a 23-yard reception down the visiting sideline, one-hander. That was beautiful. Not, few backs in the National Football League can make that catch. Yeah, I mean, this guy has a tremendous amount of talent. And although he's not been able to hit that 100-yard mark running the football, he's trying to contribute in other ways. He's doing blitz pickups. He's catching the ball out of the backfield. He's being a leader. He's having a great attitude. And it really brings a lot to this team. What do you think about Sam Darnold again calling his own number by the goal line I there? I love it. The, the read option, and everybody's thinking, oh, it's going to probably be the back here. And then he gets a little help from Ryan Griffin. But I'll tell you what, he put his head down, and he took – <laughs> went right over defensive back, carried him in the end zone. Yeah, he ran right through him, and it was great to see. You know, Sam is an athletic guy, and he's a competitor just like anyone else. He chooses the slide, but when it's on that goal line, please believe he's going to run through you and score that touchdown. It was great to see. I loved Arthur Millette before playing a little coy. He didn't want to talk about coverages too much. It sure seemed to me that – the Jets were playing some more zone in the back end. Yeah, you know, <laughs> when you play a lot of zone, uh, you, you mix up the looks up front. It, it's, hard to, it's hard to find those spaces for some quarterbacks. You know, when you have the athletic players that the Jets do who cover a lot of ground, they can bait you into making some plays, you know, throwing, throwing some interceptions. So I, I think it's smart. You know, Greg Williams is known for his blitz packages, and everyone all week prepares for blitz, blitz, and then you drop back in the zone, and you're like, hold on a second. And that just gives your pass rush that extra second to get to the quarterback. And then we talked a little bit about it last week is everybody say, seeing a defensive back come sometimes, and they're saying, well, they're definitely sending numbers. Well, Greg Williams continues to baffle opponents, I think, by rushing four a lot of times 
but you don't know who those four are coming. Yeah, I mean, making those, making those offensive linemen is the same as a quarterback. When you make them, when they get to make a decision while the play is going on, that just gives an opportunity for a mistake. And when, you, or when you're anticipating these guys with their hand in the dirt to rush and they drop back in coverage and then someone else comes, that's an that's uh, opportunity for miscommunication, which they've been doing. And the Jets have a group of defensive backs who are tough, physical, and nasty. Not every group of defensive uh, You've been no. in defensive backfields before, and not every cornerback is going to come up and play the run or is going to be willing to take on a block. It seems like a lot of these guys that Greg has do that, and they don't mind doing it. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're playing with their tough, they're physical, and the most important thing is they're communicating. You know, they're doing a great job of communicating. That's why you're not seeing a lot of big plays given up. Uh, they're on the same page. They're studying together. You can tell that this group of defensive backs is a true unit. Like, they probably go have dinner together. And, and, you know, it's just the same as the offensive line. You have to be on the same page. And when you talk about a guy like Marcus May, quarterbacking, leading the way, uh, making that communication so everyone's on the same page, it puts those cornerbacks at ease to pull the trigger. And listen, uh, bottom line, some of those breaks the Jets weren't getting early in the season, they're getting them now. Early in that ball game, we might have had a different bit of a tone to that because the Raiders moved the ball in that first possession. Hunter Renfro with an early drop. Mm -hmm. Then you think about that second drive. Tyrell Williams is open over the middle of the field. He drops the ball. So now the Jets are finally starting to get a couple bounces in their direction. Yeah, that's what happens when you play good ball. You know, stuff starts to work out for you. You know, you, you, play, you play honest football. You play hard football. You, the ball starts to bounce your way sometimes. What do you think about Braxton Berrios? I, I, we talked about the play call a little bit before, but not only did he have that 69-yarder, but he also had the long punt return. The Jets were unable to capitalize prior to the end of the first half because there was a holding penalty there because they almost got in on the Ty Montgomery pitch and catch. But that's got to do wonders for his confidence as well. Absolutely. When you can come into the game and contribute, uh, I mean, and on that, that play, that fake screen that he ran, I mean, it looked like he was shot out of a rocket. And it was great to see that breakaway speed, but that just builds his confidence. So now when he gets thrown into the lineup and he's lined up against the corner, you know that you're going to beat him. And that confidence will, will help you create a lot of big plays so jamal adams picks up a half a sack yesterday now he's up to six and a half adrian wilson nfl record for defensive back is eight will he break that record i think so you know there's <laughs> plenty of time left you know you're playing against a couple of young guys uh, coming up in the schedule uh, I, I mean jamal when he gets lined up one-on-one -on -one against a running back he's going to win that matchup and he's going to beat the running back whether he has to run through him run around him he finds his way to the quarterback so i do think he finds a way to get to that record. All right, so we're going to come back in our final segment and jump into the Jets of Bengals as the Jets look to extend their win streak to four. You're, you are listening to Inside the Jets on ESPN New York. First and ten Raiders back to throw Carr. Throws one over the middle. It's tipped up in the air and picked off by Poole. And he's going to go into the end zone. Remember, Jets fans, you can stream Inside the Jets live through the Jets app presented by M&T Bank. Go to the App Store or Google Play now and search official New York Jets. Eric Allen and Eric Coleman here at Vanderbilt Sports and Spirits inside the Wyndham Hamilton Park Hotel. 
Kyrie's taking care of us back in New York City. Justin on the controls here in Florham Park, New Jersey. E, it's Thanksgiving week. Uh, what the best uh, weeks of the year. Did you ever have a game Thanksgiving? Yeah, I had a, multiple games. Okay. We, played, we played at the Cowboys a few times, and I played in Detroit for two years, so yep. we always had Thanksgiving then. So it, it was always a special game to play. What was your record overall? I don't know. Come on. I, I wish I remembered, but did, I, know that, I know that I had a lot of good Thanksgivings well, what playing did, games. What did it mean to you as a player to be part of that game where you knew everybody in the nation was watching. It, it was always fun, you know, because, I mean, like you said, everyone in the nation's watching, you know, whether they're sitting down, eating on the couch, talking, you know, the game, you're, you know you're being watched at some point in time. But uh, it was an honor to be able to play in that game, uh, to, to be at the level in the NFL. It's like you just, you're thankful. You know, you really are thankful for the opportunity to play in the NFL, thankful for the people around you, for your teammates. And uh, it's, uh, it's really a, a special kind of game. How will it impact your schedule? I'm not asking specifically about the Jets and you telling me about the hours, but just what typically over the years during your playing career did your coaches do on a Thursday? Would they cut meetings a little bit? Would you have a regular practice? I know there will be no media availability here uh, for the people who cover the Jets here on Thursday. Well, when you have a Sunday game uh, after Thanksgiving, yep. typically you're out of the office a little early. Okay. You know, you, you'll leave the office after, after practice, probably around 1 o'clock, to be with your family. And there's always a group of players that don't have family here, so they'll put together a nice Thanksgiving dinner for the players to, to get together. Or some of the veterans will have you over their house. So it, it's, a, it's a really it's still a special day. Although you're, sometimes you're not with your family, they still make it great. Next up on ESPN New York tonight, is Larry Hardesty, and that's on ESPN New York, 98.7, of course. Hey, what I wanted to ask you was John Gruden said after the game, Raiders head coach, I think the big thing they do is a great job with Adams in their disguise package. They have a good nucleus of players. They're a lot better than people think on defense, let me tell you. Now, that guy is a very good offensive play caller and game planner. And that just speaks to what Greg Williams and that defense is doing. Disguise-wise, what are they doing so effectively pre-snap? Well, I mean, they mix things up. You know, they may show once a single safety high. Marcus may be high, and, uh, and Jamal Adams may be in the box. And everyone knows when Jamal's in the box, he's getting everyone's attention. So on the snap of the ball, he may run out and play cover too. So now that changes that quarterback's mindset to I have to get the ball out quick to now there's seven people back in coverage now where do I go? And that's a lot of the times you're seeing him hold the ball. He's trying to, discuss, trying to figure out, you know, wh what is the angle? What is the angle here? But disguises can, can make quarterbacks make decisions during that three seconds that they have to throw the ball. Uh, it makes it tough. Uh, a lot of the times what they're doing now with the Jets is they're bringing seven guys to the line of scrimmage and acting like they're going to blitz. Sometimes they may bring them all. Sometimes they drop them back into coverage, and it really makes it difficult on your protection, your quarterback, and the, the offensive coordinator on his play calling. What are you expecting from Cincinnati? If you're a player, I loved what Arthur said. They're a good team. <laughs> but their record says they're not a good team. What are you expecting from the Bengals, a team that is going back to its veteran quarterback, Andy Dalton, is in his, in his ninth season. But that's got to be a tough situation 
going to work every day and not getting those results and wondering what's going to happen in the future. Yeah, you know, it, it's tough when you're having a losing year. You know, you, you're fighting for your job. Uh, you know, in this instance, when you're in Cincinnati, you can tell they're still fighting. They just took uh, Pittsburgh. The Pittsburgh Steelers down to the Very wire. Very winnable game against the Steelers. It forced them to bench their quarterback. And, you know, the first game of the year, they lost to Seattle in Seattle by one point. Right. So this is a team that has the talent. It's just about confidence. It's about everyone doing their job and understanding their role. And it's only a matter of time before they put it together. Do you think this is a golden opportunity for the Jets to get that run game going? Because statistically, you look at the Bengals, and they are last in the NFL in yards allowed per game, last against the rush. Yeah, I mean, I think this is a great opportunity to establish that run, and you're going to have to be disciplined with it. You're going to have to be patient and stubborn with the run, but there's going to be some opportunities in the run game, and, and that really sets up to, to what Sam does, you know, taking shots down the field, getting outside of the pocket. I think this is a great game to get Le'Veon Bell going, get Bilal Powell going, and, uh, and, and control that line of scrimmage. How about uh, what they have up front? I think of those old reliables. Geno Atkins, for a while we were talking about him as one of the more dominant interior players in football. Carlos Dunlap uh, feels like he's been there 35 years. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it does seem like they've been there for a long time. And Carlos Dunlap is a guy who I would train with in the offseason oh, really? along with John Abraham. And I thought John Abraham was a big guy. <laughs> Carlos Dunlap is, is a few inches taller than Abe. Very good athlete. He's, he's still, you know, he can still be dominant in spurts, uh, getting after the quarterback. But Geno Atkins has been uh, a presence in the middle. He's of got four and a half sacks time. this year. Yeah, he's very active for a defensive tackle. So he's definitely going to be someone they're going to have to get uh, four hands on. Yeah, and listen, uh, you mentioned A.J. Green before with Arthur. What kind of spark would that provide them if they were able to get him back in the lineup. You're talking about one of the finest receivers who's played this game in the last couple of decades. Yeah, you know, it, uh, them bringing back, the Bengals bringing back Andy Dalton as their, their quarterback kind of makes me feel like A.J. Green might be in the mix. Because if I'm A.J. Green, I don't want to go out there and play with a rookie. I want to play with okay. a guy who's got me to, you know, to the elite level that I'm at. He understands the way I run routes. He understands where to throw the ball in the deep ball. So, if I'm the Jets, I, you'd be smart to prepare for A.J. Green and some big play opportunities. I've always uh, been of the thinking it is hard to go winless in the National Football League. They're on 11. They could go winless. You just don't want to be the one yeah. who, who, where they get that first one. Yeah, and it, and it starts off when, when you're playing a team that, that hasn't won a game or is having a tough year, you want to jump on them early and often. You want to break their will to win in the, in the first quarter. You want, you want them to go into halftime with their heads down, doubting each other, arguing, and, and doing the same things that got them winless. So it's going to be important for the Jets to get off to a great start. And listen, this might be one of those games in Ohio where it kind of feels like a lot of green and white pockets. It, I, I anticipate a lot of Jets fans there. I know Jamal Adams took umbrage to the Raiders fans showing up in pregame <laughs> warm-ups, and he used that as motivation. He said after the game, yeah, you know, I felt a little bit disrespected in our own house. Raiders fans there. Bengals, they hosted Pittsburgh in a game that they could have won yesterday. You talked about that, E. But for people who were there, they said it felt like a Pittsburgh home game. 
Yeah. I mean, when you're losing and when you've had a culture of losing, you know, your fans are reluctant to go. You know, it's going to be cold in Cincinnati. It's going to be uncomfortable. So some of those fans are like, you know what, I'm just going to watch it on TV. And it would be great to have Jets fans there. I know the defense would be inspired. Uh, offense would be inspired by having them out there. Uh, and it's always fun. When we used to play down in Miami, we used to call it uh, New York South. You know, we were doing the Jets yep. chant in the crowd at the end of the game uh, because our, our fans travel that well. Yeah, again, I, just getting back to it is that you think about Cincinnati, very winnable game. Yeah. You come home, you owe Miami one. These guys can't think about that. And I've been so impressed this year what Gase and Williams and Brant Boyer and the entire coaching staff have done with these guys because they've been focused on the task at hand. I don't want to anticipate to you. You've been around these guys. You talked to them. I don't anticipate any kind of letdown. I anticipate the Jets go out there on Sunday and take care of business. I really do. I do as well. I do as well. You know, the, the leadership on this team, uh, you know, Jamal, Sam Darnold, uh, you know, every, so every, all the leaders. McClendon. McClendon. They're Demarius not going to accept anything but great effort. Yeah. You know, you watch the way they play. Look at Le'Veon. Hasn't had a 100-yard game, but every time he gets the ball, he's breaking three or four tackles. He's doing whatever it takes to get that extra yard to help his team. And that's the, the attitude of this team. That's the attitude that Adam Gase has, Greg Williams has, Brant Boyer has. It's contagious. You know, although they have they started off the season on a rough patch, they're, they're in their winning ways. They understand that they play hard, they play smart, uh, they, play, they play physical. They're going to win a lot of games. Uh, favorite Thanksgiving food? My favorite Thanksgiving food is the dressing. I love it. I love it. Stuff. Some people call it stuffing. Some people call it dressing. That's my. That's my favorite. Do you help out in the kitchen on Thursday or what? I help out with dishes. Yeah. I'm not a cook. What about yourself? No, I'm good like that. I'm a dishes guy myself too. Not a good cook at all. Pumpkin pie or sweet potato pie? What do you? Call I'm, it? I'm a sweet potato pie guy. Okay. With a little whipped cream on the top. Yeah. Yeah. But but my favorite part of Thanksgiving, I think, is the the leftover turkey sandwiches. Yeah. yeah that's my favorite part. Well, that's for Friday. Well, listen. Uh, to everybody, uh, we're so thankful for everybody who comes out here to Vanderbilt Sports and Spirits every week. We will, be, we will be right back here next Monday night, hopefully after another Jets victory.